No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Hey, let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Monday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 8pm. Oh, and it's a night for wine and crackers. You better believe it's a night for wine and crackers. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to enjoy that wine and cracker lifestyle in the lead-up to White Boy Summer, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Bumper. So much to get through. So little time. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get some answers tonight, which is gonna be fun because I know we care about answers. And when we look for answers, there's only one place that I can go. There's only one place I want to go, and that's the corporate mainstream media, ladies and gentlemen. So we will be looking for answers, digging deep, driving hard, speaking truth to power, turning on a light because democracy dies in darkness, and we won't have that occurring on our watch. Thank you for joining us Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, you know what? Let's begin with the obvious, like the elephant in the room. Okay. For a long time, people have been talking about racism and looking for ways to solve racism. Here on this show, we are proudly anti-racisms. We hate the racisms. We want to get rid of them. This is a place of love, of unity, of inclusion, of lots of hugging and crying. That's what we do here. We hug each other, we cry. We relive, you know, past uh, awful memories together. And, you know, we give each other strength. We give each other strength. That's what it's all about. So thank you for joining us in this lovely social circle we have here. But after years and years of toiling and failure and cowardice and complicit behaviour in the perpetuation of the awful racist systems that we all live under today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to report that we have the answer. Somebody has solved it. Yes, I'm not joking. I know, we could cry about this. This could be another cry moment right here on the show. Um, We have solved the racism problem finally. So I'm very pleased to bring this first story to you tonight here on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. White supremacy is the root of all race-related violence in the United States. Wow, it's kind of when you when you look back on it, it's it's so obvious, isn't it? We should have been able to see this from the start. If only there were people out there telling us after every single event that it's all caused by white supremacy. If only that was the case, but I'm very happy that finally people aren't afraid to tell the damn truth around here. I mean, God bless these people speaking truth to power. Let's have a look at this cuz we need to know the truth. Amid the disturbing rise in attacks on Asian Americans since March 2020 is a troubling category of these assaults. This is the troubling category. Black people are also attacking Asian Americans. (laughs) 
I don't know. Do, do you ever get sick of... This, this is a question. This is an open question to whichever person feels it applies to them. Okay? Do you ever get sick of the media, like, you know, literally treating you like uh, a pet or a zoo animal? Do you ever get sick of that? Listen, listen to the way this is written. Amid the disturbing rise in attacks on Asian Americans since March 2020 is a troubling category of these assaults. This, this is a concerning area of our research here. Black people are also attacking Asian Americans. Oh. Oh. Right? You're a category. You're being monitored. Your behaviour is being tracked and written down. That's what they think of you. The article continues, White people are the main perpetrators of anti-Asian racism. But in February 2021, a black person pushed an elderly Asian man to the ground in San Francisco. The man later died from his injuries. In another video, the New York City, uh, from New York City, pardon me, on March 29, 2021, a black person pushes and beats an Asian-American woman on the sidewalk in front of a doorway while onlookers observe the attack. I'm pretty sure everyone saw this video. Then close their door on the woman without intervening or providing aid. Which, 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 I'm not, all jokes aside, swear to God, which was pretty fucking brutal when you watched it. But the thing is about that, right? They've, they've, there have been so many little social experiments carried out, uh, even some to the point like of putting them on television and, see, and shit to say, uh, look, look how people react in crisis situations. The, the brutal reality is, you know, not everybody is going to intervene in a moment like that. You basically there were there was these there were these studies that were done after 9-11, right? When the buildings were falling down. Really interesting. I wish I could remember the name of it, but I read it fucking years and years and years ago. But it was really interesting anyway. So basically what they did, they did like a they ended up doing like a psychological workup and a and a and a an analysis of everybody who was in the buildings at the time, right? And they figured out that there's a certain percentage of the population who will just lead. So if, you know, a plane comes flying through the building and the building's falling down and it's on fire, there are a certain amount of people who will stand up and go, okay, everybody follow me, right? Follow me out. I know where I'm going. Uh, the bulk of people, like the majority of people will fall, they fall into a category of they're waiting for a leader to tell them what to do and then they'll do it, right? That's, that's most people. The leadership one is the smallest category. This is the by far the largest category. And then you've also got another category, which is, uh, you know, probably equally small on the other side of the ledger compared to the leadership group, if that makes sense. Another group of people will just turn into vegetables. They, they won't move. They won't do anything. They, you can't talk to them. You're like, come on, come on, come with me, come with me. And they just sit there and shake and stare at you. Um, that's a different category again altogether, right? So... The, the thing is that you don't really know what kind of a person you are until you're in a crisis situation because anybody can say it, but this is something that's really deep-seated, like deep-rooted in our, in our psyche and our subconscious that only comes out when it absolutely has to. When all of the factors are there, you know, there has to be adrenaline and panic and flight or fight, right? And, it's, and you know, chaos going, overload of the senses, you know, explosions, fire, fear, chaos, right? screaming people dying you only know if you're in that situation and you just don't know what person you are until it happens you just don't know 
see Monica in the chat says freeze, but there would be people who think that they would freeze under pressure who actually come through. And there would be people who think they are leaders when a situation happens who would actually shrink into themselves. It's just, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just the way it is. It's in you. You can't change it. Winning TV with a diamond. The guys did a Seinfeld. That's a shame. Walk away. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> DLive.tv slash TV, ladies and gentlemen. Fill the edge left. So they've done like other social experiments. Exactly. That's that's a shame. You know, but then they got arrested for being innocent bystanders, which is similar to what's being, you know, remarked on here. That they closed the door. I think the guy lost his job because he didn't intervene. It's like, yeah, I know. It's savage to watch the video and see those people just like callously leave her there to to her own devices. You know, that's it's hard to watch. I'm not going to doubt that. But the reality is the person who fired the doorman for not intervening could very well and probably, according to statistics, most likely fall into the category who won't do anything unless somebody else tells them to. So, you know, we all like to think of ourselves as these, you know, high... That's why, that's why heroes get medals and shit. Because it's very, very rare that you actually are one. <laughs> Most of the people just stay in the trench screaming while the mortar shells are dropping. Going, what do we do? I don't know. Fuck up. Fuck up. <sighs> you know, it's a very, very small amount of people who actually run out of the trench into machine gun fire, jump behind the bunker, throw the fucking grenade in there. Right? Save everybody else. They're, they're not many of them. That's why they give them fucking medals, okay? Can we all stop thinking that we're heroes, please? Brave and stunning and oh my god. Oh, standing up, speaking truth to power. You're such a fucking hero. Ah, okay. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God The every day, with every day that passes, we get closer to an extinction level like asteroid event or something, you know? That's what gets me up in the morning, knowing that we are one day closer to uh, our total oblivion. <laughs> People say I'm not positive enough. Fuck them. They don't know anything. We're having fun here. I'm in a good mood. Anyway, the author continues. Where were we? Getting sidetracked. As the current president of the association... Listen to this for a fucking business card. As the current president of the Association for Asian American Studies... And as an ethnic studies and critical race studies professor who specializes in Asian American culture. Wow. <laughs> hey, Jim, what do you do? Oh, I'm a plumber. <laughs> hey, Ben, what do you do? Ah, oh, mate, I'm a builder. All oh, right, yeah, okay. It's easy. And, and author, you know how authors like to make the news about themselves these days? That's half a fucking paragraph, but one sentence. The job description. <laughs> when did we become a society that needs Ring to fit the bell their whole resume? Get your cheese, man. Thank you for the uh, gifted sub, Lonely Chef. When did we become a society that has to put their whole resume into their fucking job title? You know what I mean? Yo, Bob. Nice to meet you. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an electrician. Awesome. What do you do? I'm a concreter. There you go. <laughs> what? Let's let's not even worry about blue collar jobs. Let's convert it to white collar jobs, shall we? Let's see how far we can take this. What do you, What do you do, Jim? Oh, I'm an accountant. Oh, okay. What do you? Oh, I'm a manager. Yep. What do you do? I'm in sales. What do you do? I'm in marketing. But apparently when you go to university and you get these degrees and you end up working in the corporate press, 
ladies and gentlemen, you have job titles like this. Not concreter, not electrician, not landscaper, not tiler. You know, not even uh, air conditioning serviceman. That's even acceptable. We're talking three words there. None of those things. This is what you this is what you describe as your job when you go to university and get a job in the corporate media. Okay. As the current president of the Association for Asian American Studies and as an ethnic studies and critical race studies professor who specializes in Asian American culture. I don't, I don't know. Is it is it a thing of wanting to impress people before you actually say anything? You know? <laughs> well, I know that once I open my mouth and start speaking, I'm going to sound like a fucking loon. So hopefully I can impress them with my job description instead. It's like a form of trickery, isn't it? Sneaky, sneaky little devils, aren't they? <laughs> Cheeky little devils. But we caught them. We got them. We got them. I wanted to address the climate of anti-Asian racism I was seeing at the start of the pandemic. So in April 2020, I created a PowerPoint slide deck about <laughs> We're off to a flying start. <laughs> oh, oh, you created a PowerPoint. Now we'll all be able to learn and get lectured at the same time. It's going to be amazing. We'll, we'll be able to learn about how awful we are. I can't wait for this. It's about time. It's about time somebody created a PowerPoint slide presentation on the topic of white supremacy. We haven't seen one of those yet. <laughs> so in April 2020, I created a PowerPoint slide deck about anti-Asian racism that my employer, the University of Colorado Boulder, oh, what an institution, fine, fine university. You know, I hear it all the time when they talk about, you know, Let's talk about this. The great universities, ladies and gentlemen, of course, Oxford, um, you know, um, Stanford, Harvard, Brown, right? All of these fine universities. And then, of course, don't forget uh, Colorado Boulder in there as well. One mustn't overlook Colorado Boulder. Universe. I mean, it's, it's right up there. Very, yeah, exactly. Patience, right. Impressive. Very impressive. Uh, Gypsy of Diamonds with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Good evening. Gypsy, good evening. All right, where were we? we uh, that's right. We were in awe of this person's uh, job description, which is still going for almost a paragraph now. That led to approximately 50 interviews, workshops. Would I love a good workshop, don't you? Talks. I'm not even a tool guy. You know what I mean? I'm not a handyman kind of guy. I think I've explained it before. You know, don't don't expect me to do anything of note on a sander, for example. Like, I'm not that kind of a dude. Uh, I've done, like, a lot of physical labor, blue-collar jobs over my life, but I'm not, I'm not the handyman type. Like, I can't fix doors and shit without a lot of swearing and fucking throwing shit around the room, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I'm not one of those kinds of people, but I, when I go into like a workshop, which is an actual workshop, not a, not a, a set of seat, uh, cheap chairs and a coffee machine and cheap biscuits on a counter in front of somebody giving a PowerPoint slide presentation. I don't like those workshops very much. I think they're a joke, but a real workshop I like. 
Uh, Jim Enward with a diamond. I renounce my position as Minister of Racism. Just like that. He's out. He's out. But see, now Foggy in the chat makes the Bunnings reference. That's what I'm getting at. I can walk around Bunnings for hours and love it. And I'll, I'll become a tool guy by walking around. Jim Enward with the diamond with the follow-up diamond. I will now be the diversity and inclusion minister. Very good. Very good rewording of your useless position in the Boogie Stand Kingdom, Jim. Thank you. Thank you so much. He's, that's how talented he is at his job. Once you know that your, your job is garbage, you can make it whatever you want to be. And that's, that's a great lesson for all the kids out there. Once you realise that you're not valued or anything like that in your place of employment, you can pretty much turn it into whatever you want. As long as you have that cynical view. You know, don't expect a promotion, but, you know, you can make it what it is. You know, you can be positive and happy. It's a great lesson. All right. Where were we? Oh, yes. The University of Colorado Boulder turned it into a website. So we created a website talking about racism from our university job. I mean, we're fucking... We are breaching new ground here, aren't we? This is This is the final frontier. That led approximately to 50 interviews, workshops, talks, and panel presentations that I've done on anti-Asian racism, specifically in the time of COVID-19, in the COVID era, ladies and gentlemen. The point I've made through all of those experiences is that anti-Asian racism has the same source as anti-black racism. The answer, white supremacy. Okay, It all comes from the same place. white people comes from white people okay all of it the article continues so when a black person attacks an asian person this is amazing (laughs) so when a black i swear to god so when a black person attacks an asian person the encounter is fueled perhaps by racism but very specifically by white supremacy White supremacy does not require a white person to perpetuate it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me don't make me laugh. I've still got a I've still got a bad croaky voice here. Don't make me laugh, you fuckers. <laughs> that that paragraph again. So when a black person attacks an Asian person, the encounter is fueled perhaps by racism. Perhaps, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> the encounter is fueled like when a black person beats a, an Asian person half to death and says, "You chick motherfucker, get the fuck back to China, you motherfucking son of a bitch." Like when that happens, it's perhaps racism. But if it is racism, it's definitely white supremacy. <laughs> oh. That paragraph again. The point I've made through all of those experiences. So she's this this fucking thing has given 50 workshops, Zoom meetings. This is their this is their job, right? To go and give talks and talk about how all races so give talks and explain how when a black person attacks an Asian person, it might be racism, but it's definitely white supremacy. <laughs> right? 
This is what they get paid to do. <laughs> That's why their job description was so long. So when a black person attacks an Asian person, the encounter is fueled perhaps by racism, but very specifically by white supremacy. White supremacy does not require a white person to perpetuate it. You don't even have to have yourself a white... You don't even have to have yourself a cracker to engage in white supremacist behaviour, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that fantastic? And yes, for those keeping score, I am pleased to report the author, Bold Frame Glasses. Bold Frame Glasses. Yet again. The Bold Frame Glasses is the thing. It's the thing I know. I've un- I've cracked their secret code. I've unlocked the key. It's amazing. We have cracked the code here on this show. Bold frame glasses, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Just one more quick one to follow up from that, and then we'll get into some really juicy stuff. White Lives Matter rallies flop as hardly anyone shows up. This is from NBC News, okay? From NBC. The poor turnout underscores how the country's unpopular and disorganized extremist movements have been driven underground. Okay, so this is an article boasting that nobody shows up to White Lives Matter or right-wing rallies, okay? It's boasting about that fact. So I got down here to the second half of the article, and I thought you may appreciate this. Let me, you know, let me, tell me what you think. The article. The White Lives Matter rallies were disrupted in several cities after activists infiltrated their online groups and leaked internal chats to journalists. We're off to a good start, aren't we? Huh? Those chats were reported to have indicated that the events were being planned by the extremist group, the Proud Boys, and by self-described fascists and Nazis who framed the rallies as peaceful events unaffiliated with known hate groups to recruit more mainstream members, right? So it's an we've we've got ourselves here an infiltration operation, <laughs> and we're boasting about it in NBC. Organizers in several cities cancelled events because of sabotage by Antifa activists. Raleigh's organizer called off a Friday rally, telling subscribers, "It turns out the 11th is a disaster." Two of the largest Telegram channels dedicated to events in Philadelphia and New York City were shown to be traps created by anti-fascist activists, okay? Are you following along? Now, remember, remember, the title of this story is White Lives Matter Rallies Flop As Hardly Anyone Shows Up. And in the body of the story, in the body of the article, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about how these, these White Lives Matter rallies were being set up by Antifa activists and boasting about it. Remember, remember how Antifa doesn't exist? It's not a real thing. Remember, it's just an idea. This is a powerful idea. It just <laughs> this idea is creating sock accounts on Reddit. <laughs> just an idea, mate. <laughs> Two of the largest Telegram channels dedicated to events in Philadelphia and New York City were shown to be traps created by anti-fascist activists. Another local activist tweeted screenshots of the plans uh, reveal with a warning Saturday would be to, uh, pardon me, 
of the plans reveal with a warning Saturday to would-be rally goes. Quote, given how riddled these chats are with anti-fascists, it might be time to rethink whether you really want to trust a bunch of anonymous internet weirdos to show up with you in your city. <laughs> that is that is number one piece of internet advice for today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I'm sure that person was instantly banned from the Telegram room as well because they, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like these group Telegram rooms. I just don't. So, and I, I don't really do the group DM things either. I'd much rather just talk to people one on one. So more often than not, if I'm placed into some kind of group, I'm going to say, okay, see you later. You know, it's nothing personal. It's nothing like that. But just problems happen when you're in these big groups that I don't want to deal with. It's the internet. I don't want to deal with it. So I would probably never be in one of these groups anyway. <laughs> but from what I know of these groups and my experience with these groups, depending on how, uh, can I, how should I say, how committed they are to the dogma of said group, um, depending on all of those factors, if you go in there and say, hey, listen, this group is, there's a lot of fucking pretenders in this group and you're getting set up here and these people don't really like you and they're not, they don't have your best interests at heart. Nobody should go to this rally. You'll get banned, <laughs> generally speaking. I say, we don't want this negativity here. This is a positive space for us to share and grow, which, all, which you know, is a self-defeating thing, isn't it, really? Because the more positive a place gets means the less confrontation there is. The less confrontation there is, the less thinking there is. Because nobody's challenging your thoughts. Next thing you know, you walk into the Telegram portal and you walk out on the other side and you're like, yes, the queen really is a lizard. <laughs> yes, she sleeps, on a, she sleeps on a hot rock in the royal gardens. Everybody knows this, right? The article continues. The ineptitude of organizers notwithstanding, experts say that the US extremist movement is at an inflection point and that would-be participants are discouraged by the increased negative attention and the prosecutions of members in such movements after the Capitol attack, ladies and gentlemen. So you see, listen to this. So, do you see here? So we're boasting about how these quote-unquote white supremacist movements, far I, whatever you care, whatever fucking label makes you, makes you wet, whatever you want to do, I don't care. But so whatever you call these people, this this group, this disparate group of individuals who do things, whatever you call them, okay, well, we, we can, we're winning the culture war here because their numbers are going down. Nobody's showing up to their events. It's amazing. But then we, we also talk about how these events are being set up by Antifa, Antifa kids as a sting operation. <laughs> Listen to this. The white supremacist movement faced a similar reckoning in, uh, reckoning in 2017 after the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Ten internets to everybody in the chat for yet another Charlottesville reference. Hey, okay. I bet nobody saw that coming, right? Do you see how fucking talented these people are? Do you see how these people avoid cliches with skill and dexterity? They're fucking brilliant, aren't they? Oh, look at that, another Charlottesville reference. Oh, what, what are the odds? Who knew that it would go there? Who knew that we would end up in this place together? But here we are. The Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Instead of unifying distinct bands of white supremacist groups, the murder of counter-protester Heather Heyer and the full-throated hate on display 
from tiki torch-wielding neo-Nazis invited national condemnation, legal troubles, and in-group squabbling that fractured individual organisations and the hate move the hate movement overall. Uh, hate being mentioned twice in the same sentence. Do what do you think they're trying to tell us with this? What do you think they're trying to say by using the term hate to describe you? you to describe you, if you're one of these people, um, you know, it's, it's just not. So, if I was writing that, I wouldn't use a term like hate group. It's just needlessly, I don't know. It's needlessly subjective when you're trying to report on something. You know, have your opinion. I would have my opinion about the facts coldly, but I wouldn't try to manipulate what the facts mean. You know, I just find it a little bit dishonest, but whatever. The hate group. The full-throated hate on display from the Tiki Torch-wielding neo-Nazis. I'm not denying they don't hate anybody. I just think it's a silly way of writing. Neo-Nazis invited national condemnation, legal troubles, and in-group squabbling that fractured individual organizations and the move, the hate movement overall. After Charlottesville, there were, quote, weak attempts to revisit former glory, Squire said. Recording rallies where a handful of white supremacists who led the alt-right movement were outnumbered by anti-racist protesters. <laughs> the wind was knocked out of their sails and the legal cases brought that fall certainly didn't help. So now we're boasting about, yes, we're putting them all through the court system. Hate hasn't disappeared, but membership in formal extremist groups may have been disincentivized. So far, 369 federal cases. Listen to this gloating. So far, 369 federal cases have been brought against people accused of involvement in the capital siege. According to a database maintained by the program on extremism at George Washington University. George, ironically. About three dozen of those charged are members and associates of the Proud Boys. The pro-Trump street fighting gang. I'm a street fighting man. <laughs> the street fighting gang. That's cute. Los locos, kick your ass. Los locos, kick your face. <coughs> the Proud Boys, the pro-Trump street fighting gang and the Oath Keepers militia group both are accused of coordinating between far-right groups and they face the most serious federal charges related to January 6th including conspiracy to breach the capital. Okay. Keeping up. It's not looking good, in other words. It's not looking good for anyone. Listen to this. Beyond legal consequences, self-described Antifa activists have made it costly to be associated with far-right and racist groups. Many of them using online sleuthing, <laughs> online sleuthing, to match participants at extremist rallies to their real-life identities and employers. This is how somebody in the corporate media describes doxing. Online sleuthing, they call it. Online sleuthing. Oh, they're, they're doing investigative work. Huh? How do you fucking like them apples, mate? <laughs> They really do hate you. It's not a meme. It's not something that you can uh, talk your... It's not a position that you can talk yourself out of with good intentions as you lay in bed at night at 11 o'clock watching, like, the late-night news and think, no, maybe they do care about me. Maybe they really do love us. No, they don't. They hate you. They really do. <laughs> All right? 
<laughs> this again, this is how we describe doxing in the corporate media. Beyond legal consequences, self-described Antifa activists have made it costly to be associated with far-right and racist groups, many of them using online sleuthing to match participants at extremist rallies to their real-life identities and employers. Now, the problem, obvi- the obvious problem with this, for anybody outside of the people doing it and the people sucking their dicks like you know, uh, these particular media organisations who engage in this kind of back rubbing. For everybody else, the problem is, well, who decides who deserves this treatment? Because there have been so many stories of people being quote-unquote outed as white supremacists and extremists who are actually anything but. In fact, I would go so far as to say most of the high-profile ones are high-profile because nobody with a sane, rational thought in their brain would ever consider them to be far-right or white supremacists or extremists. But you do, right? You do. That's the problem. That's the issue most people have. It's not that you're making far-right political ideas less popular, it's that you're getting you're getting to a point where everything is far right and extremist. You know, the reason that you see these these things rising and getting out of control and stuff is because you're defining more and more of it the same way. Don't you understand? <laughs> Jim Enward, they're the real gumshoes. <laughs> they are. They're brave and stunning and wonderful. And again, just for those keeping score, it's 2-0 for the night, ladies and gentlemen. Bold frame glasses. Present once again. Bold frame glasses. Now, they are white framed, right? They are white bold frame glasses, but bold frame glasses they are. You know? Uh, they're like the they're bold frame glasses in the style that your grandmother would have worn, you know, with the pink, you know, very bright pink kind of frame. That's 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 a still they're still bold frame glasses because it's the thickness, right? It's not the fact that they're black. So there you go, two for two, ladies and gentlemen, bold frame glasses on each of our contestants tonight. Isn't that fantastic? All right. So. Let's get to this. Now, firstly, I need to cover off before we get to this next item. Like I said, we've got so much to go. Wait until you see the shit I have for you on uh, the Pentagon stuff. It is, if you haven't seen it already, I'm not going to assume that you haven't, but there's probably a lot of people who haven't. So we'll we'll check that out very shortly. But I do want to get to this first because this is also very interesting. A jam-packed Monday night. So I, I need to, though, very quickly cover off a little bit of what we were doing on Friday in order for this to make sense. So thank you for joining us, Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. We played this clip on Friday and dragged it out. I'm going to very quickly play it again, just so I can show you what I'm talking about with the very next item, okay? Remember, uh, have a little flashback moment. Anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists have been slammed for refusing to have the coronavirus vaccine when it becomes available in Australia. While the Prime Minister's accepted, it will be hard to make it mandatory. Mm -hmm. There are increasing calls for there to be consequences Consequences. for those who refuse the jab. Yes, they should have consequences. 
Yes, those anti-vaxxers should have consequences. It won't rule out strict measures strict. for those who do not. Oh, it's going to be strict. Strict sounds serious, doesn't it? Exactly. Patients write in the chat, damn straight. Comply. It's a hot topic this Good. morning to discuss it. We, we want to punish the people who are sceptical of the vaccine here on this show. We obviously do. Because we believe in keeping people safe. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, you know it's good if they're willing to throw you in prison for not taking it. What else do I need to say? You know it's good if people in society are calling for you to be punished if you don't if you don't comply. You know it must be a good thing then. I mean their marketing their marketing skill is just something awe-inspiring, isn't it? Joined by Seven News political editor Mark Riley yeah. and journalist Louise Roberts. Morning to both of you, Mark. Good morning. Do you think the federal government will follow through on these threats? Uh, good morning, Nat. Good morning, Louise. I think it probably will. I mean, Scott good. Morrison yesterday in a couple of interviews said, "Don't forget, I'm the minister of no jab, no play," and yes. that requirement was brought in by a lot of the states mm. um, in in childcare centres and yes. uh, and in schools. So. Yes. Uh, there, there are things the government can do uh -huh. legally. There's a collision here between the rights of the individual and the rights of the community. But... And, and we, we went over this idea of community rights on Friday. No, no, no. Individual rights are community rights. They're not, they're not two things that are against each other. That's, that's horrifying that we could tumble to that point in society. Yeah, it's, not, it's not me, the individual, versus this group of people or this sex or this gender or this race or whatever. That it, no, it doesn't work like that. Individual rights are the rights of individuals who make up communities. It's not the other way around. That's the only way to approach this. Oh, no, no, it's you, the individual, versus this whole community of people there. How fucking dare you speak for communities? Fuck you. Communities are full of individuals. But the law, the law has um, deferred in the in favour of the community in some celebrated cases. So the government can do something. Maybe you know, no jab, no job keeper, no jab, no yeah, job seeker. Yeah. Would that work? Who knows? But look, the bigger problem here, though, Nat, is a, a question of moral and intellectual mm -hmm. equivalence. This is Good. what the anti-vaxxers want. They want yeah. a debate yeah. where their Fruit Loop ideas <laughs> are given the same elevation as um, as science, and yes. we shouldn't give them that. We shouldn't give their Fruit Loop ideas the same elevation as as science, right? So keep that in mind. Store that in the back of your head. Now, <laughs> same program, same program, okay? Same presenter. Uh, this is just a few days later, right? This isn't very long after that first clip. Now, let's talk about these these science deniers with their Fruit Loop ideas who want the same elevation, who have this irrational scepticism, who are spreading fear and misinformation and conspiracy theories, right? Let's, let's see how their hand looks today. Like I said, just days after that first clip, let's see how we're going. This is, this is how it started versus how it's going, okay? Well, authorities have reassured doctors that they are legally protected if patients choose to be given the AstraZeneca vaccine. The advice comes after reports GPs were warned they might be exposing themselves to lawsuits over potential side effects.
wow, that escalated quickly, didn't it? So, you know, this time last week, this time last week on this show, they're openly talking about how there should be consequence. If, if you say no to somebody putting this vaccine in you, there should be fucking consequences. You're a fruit loop. You're a crazy person. You think you deserve to be part of the debate. You think you deserve to be part of the science. Fuck you, right? You should be punished for not doing what we tell you. You should be restricted. You shouldn't be even have the same level of freedom that everybody else has. You should become a second-class citizen because of your behavior. Fuck you, putting everyone at risk, right? So this happens like this time last week. And now it's like, look, look, we just want to let the doctors know that because just because there are side effects to this vaccine that's having a negative impact on, uh, you know, a number of people, uh, does it, we will protect you from any court cases. Oh, <laughs> don't worry. We got your back. Anything you do to these people who are getting the vaccine, anything you do is going to be nice and legal, right? <laughs> and then they'll turn around. You're standing next to the doctor. And then they'll turn around to you and say, what's wrong with you, you conspiracy theorist? What, you got something against the vaccine? What are you, anti-science? You want everyone to die, don't you? I bet you're a fucking cult member, aren't you? Fuck you. There should be consequences for what you're doing. You should be punished for your behavior. Hold him down and stick it in so he knows what's good's for him, right? And then turning to the doctor, don't worry, you can't get in trouble for this. <laughs> don't worry, you can't get in trouble for this. Do whatever. Do whatever you got to do. We'll protect you. You're not going to jail. Nobody's going to jail here, mate. Think positive. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people are so skeptical of the vaccine. I don't understand it. Australia's national vaccine rollout has been thrown into chaos following chaos, the recommendation now. not to administer AstraZeneca. To <laughs> Last week it was let there should be consequences if you refuse to take it. Now, what are we taking of the thing that's been thrown into chaos that we're telling doctors can't get put in prison for? Wow, things are going well, aren't they? Things are going really well. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. Thank you for threatening me. Thank you, corporate media, for threatening me if I refuse to take the thing that the government thinks is chaos and that doctors don't deserve to go to jail for giving you. you know what I mean? Thank you so much for protecting us from all this. I guess I don't have to think at all. Lawsuits huh? over potential side effects. Uh -huh. Australia's national vaccine rollout has been thrown into chaos following the recommendation not to administer AstraZeneca to people aged under 50. While the Prime Minister has... If you're under 50, you shouldn't have the vaccine. <laughs> 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 pretty much been saying look if here's because people have often asked me what would you do well how would you do it better what would you do huh? what would you do i'd say well they the the health authorities can make recommendations and they can say this is what we prefer people you know do to protect themselves against this virus um if you are in one of these risk categories i.e you know whatever whatever it is overweight and elderly okay let's take those two if you are in, 
you know, these risk categories, if you're both especially, you should be very, very careful about going to public events and whatnot, right? Until we develop some kind of treatment. We could have done that from the start. And you know, fuck me, Dad. They've said that this is ridiculous. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to say these things. This is conspiracy theory. Fuck you. Uh, a week ago, they're saying that there should be consequences if you don't take a vaccine. That they now say nobody under fifty should take. Nobody under 50 should take this fucking thing, apparently. That's the recommendation from the same people. From the same people who last week were telling you that you have Fruit Loop ideas and there should be consequences for what you do. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Nobody under 50 take this thing and then everything will be fine. Great, great. Thank you very much. Scrap the government's target for administering first doses. Joining me now is the president of the New South Wales Australian Medical Association, Danielle McMullen. Morning to you. Morning. So, so what advice were you giving GPs after Thursday's AstraZeneca announcement and has that changed now? The advice has been consistent with that government advice from the beginning that now in people aged under 50, Pfizer is the preferred vaccine. Oh, fuck yeah. Look, nobody under 50 should be getting the vaccine. What, the vaccine? No, this vaccine. We have one for you. <laughs> no, no, no. The preferred, the preferred vaccine, if you're under fifty, is the Pfizer vaccine. Ah, okay. okay. But if I'm over fifty, then I should get the AstraZeneca. Yes, we've got to do it. We've got to share some of these profits, don't we? It's not fair that one company alone gets all the stuff. <laughs> it's not not fair that one company alone makes all the money. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll take the over 50s in the Western countries where there is a sizable um, older demographic who are most likely going to get the vaccine. We'll take them. You can have the bigger pool of people, but we'll give you up to the age of 50 where a lower percentage of people are going to take the vaccine. What do you think? Sounds like a deal. And they both come away thinking that they won, right? Then the advertising campaigns start. Then the stories start coming out. Hey, if you're over 50, you really need this. You really need to do this. Line up. In fact, you'll be the first ones who have access to this life-saving treatment. If you're under 50, don't worry. Just stay inside. Everything's good. Everything's positive. We're going to keep you locked up until you beg for freedom, and then you'll be lining up to get your vaccine passport. Right? God, I just want... How many stories have you seen over the last week or two of people writing about, I will sign up for the COVID vaccine passport if it means I can go to the football again. Bring on the the vaccine passport so I can go to the bar and the nightclub. Bring on the vaccine passport. I need to get on a plane to see my mother, right? How many of those stories have you seen in the last two, three weeks? Hand on heart. Put your hand in. Press, I'll tell you what, press one in the chat if you've seen at least one. At least one. Because I don't think that all of you are like big news consumers necessarily. Some of you might be. Some of you might not be. You know, whatever. I don't know. I don't think all of you are. So press one in the chat if you've seen one. 
I can't wait to go to the football again. Bring on the vaccine passport. I can't wait to go back to work. I can't wait to go to the nightclub. Bring on the passport. I want it. Right? One's one's in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. One's in the chat. So, you know, we've been working this angle for a while now. We've been working you hard. We've been squeezing you into that little box. Now, in people aged under 50, Pfizer is the preferred vaccine. We can still give AstraZeneca. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have a range of vaccines, aren't you? They're like shampoos. I'm I'm so glad that we have you know we what you know what we have many options for vaccine because really capitalism is the big winner today isn't it <laughs> because you have a choice you have a you have there's a marketplace it's like health insurance you know how they pretend like you can shop around for your health insurance the only the only way to get any kind of respect insurance wise I've found this because I've had the I've had the same insurance company since I was 18 years old. So that's 20 years ago. So every time I renew my insurance, I get the same little, oh, wow, you've been with us for fucking like a long time. I'm like, yeah. So they, the, I get a discount for like no claim bonus and stuff or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I get perks from being with the same insurance company for 20 years. That's the only way. This shopping around shit. I, I was taught that like when I bought insurance. They said, pick one now. You know, pick one now and stick with it through hell or high water. Make sure it's one of the big ones, but pick one and stick with them. And then that's the only way you can save money on insurance. So, you know, they tell you, oh, you can, you can take your thing and you can shop around. But really, once you start shopping around, you will just continue shopping around forever and not save any money. Because you're being punted from one service to the other and then from one service to the other. And the really big... Um, services that run that industry, they know that you're coming back to them. That money is coming back to them eventually, right? They're, they're getting that money at the end of the day anyway. So it doesn't matter if they spend two years, if the customer spends two years at that service and we lower like by 1% our premium so we can get a whole bunch of people back and then they'll, you know, we'll all agree that a certain price is about right for this particular thing. So there's no real difference there. And that way, if it's actually better to have it. So think of it, three companies all earning like 33% of the share each. It works out much better for them because they don't have to pay out on any loyalty bonuses and shit because nobody's loyal. Everybody's just shopping around, shop, shop, shop around, shop around, shop around. They really dislike it when they have to give you some kind of loyalty bonus, which is why they put it in their terms of service. We can change the loyalty bonus anytime we want. So there you go. There's a little five-minute download. If you're if you're 60 years old already, I'm sorry, this theory isn't going to work for you. But if you're 20, if you say between 20 and 40, now would be the time to pick an insurance company and stick with it. <laughs> Just stick with it. Because trust me, when it's a little more expensive for yours and a little bit cheaper for them, you'll switch. And then their prices will go up and the company you just left will go down. And you'll feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, anyway, with that. Let's skip to a commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie. Stick around for five. When we come back, DARPA is your friend. We're going to look at how DARPA is keeping us safe. The Pentagon is keeping it safe. 
plus got a couple of other items as well. So stick around. We'll see you in five Monday night, Daily Boogie. Narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in, in their millions, right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I, I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. <laughs> you have to ruin my evening. Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do this. without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No! <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, stupid. you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so. Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good UK Neil over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. 
get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This just in! The global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right on. this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. Yeah, coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Don't forget, follow some of our friends. You don't have to watch this live. You really don't. The replay is your friend. The podcast is your friend. You can download the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, whichever fucking one you listen to. Whichever one is your preferred, you can use that. Just look for the Daily Boogie in there, and you can listen to this later on. So if you want to follow some of your friends at Rational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra might be on as well. I think Chimani might be on tonight. I haven't, uh, I haven't talked to Chimani for a while. He's a fucking cool dude. He's a funny guy. Uh, if you haven't seen him, dlive.tv slash money, one word. Uh, everybody's favorite lover of French women, I suppose, might be on later tonight as well. We'll just have to wait and see. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to watch live now. You can come back, check it out later. It's not like we're doing anything interesting. We're only talking about uh, how DARPA and the Pentagon are keeping you safe, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, second half of the program. How about this one? This one This one caught a lot of people off guard. Uh, from the Daily Mail, Pentagon scientists reveal a microchip that senses COVID-19 in your body before you show symptoms and a filter that extracts the virus from the blood. Microchip, huh? Micro, you don't say microchip? Really? Wow. I thought about what would be the best way of doing this, right? What would be the best way of making a fairly cheap point? How about we do this? We go Google. Give me Google page. Okay, let's go to Google. And now let's Google. Okay. Let's Google conspiracy microchip COVID. Okay. Let's have a look here. Oh, here's a nice one from February. So a few months ago <laughs> from ABC. Uh, I be- and I believe ABC, is ABC also not the same channel that um, 60 Minutes is on? I think it is, is it? No, no, sorry, pardon me. 60 Minutes is on CBS. Okay. So, no, COVID-19 vaccine patients are not being injected with a microchip. <laughs> no, not happening. Robert Goldberg, history professor at the University of Utah, says that his generation eagerly lined up to receive the polio, measles, and mumps vaccines. They were so brave. 
We had no problem whatsoever because there is an absolute faith that science was doing good. But I think over the last 50 years, there's been a decided change in that, he says. Conspiracy theories surrounding COVID-19, especially the COVID-19 vaccine, are confirming Goldberg's hypothesis. Many people have likely heard of the microchip conspiracy theory from relatives and associates. (laughs) Remember, this is from February this year. This is from a few months ago. According to the conspiracy theory, they just keep saying the word conspiracy. They keep saying conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. Each paragraph so far. Look at this. Conspiracy theories surrounding COVID-19. Let's just do this, eh? Pardon me. Let's go there. Okay. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. (laughs) Okay. There's a lot of mentionings of conspiracy theories here. (laughs) According to the conspiracy theory, microchips are transferred into people's bodies from the COVID-19 vaccine and are being used to track them. But is it possible? ABC4 explored the history of this theory and how it, it and other conspiracies form, ladies and gentlemen. So it's just like all of the other conspiracy theories. Three months ago, this is where this conspiracy theory came from, this radical far right-wing extremist view. Now, let's fast forward to today from 60 Minutes. Military programs aiming to end pandemics forever. Thank you for keeping me safe. The virus were once obscure Pentagon-funded projects to defend soldiers from contagious diseases Ah. and biological weapons. Ah. The life-saving... Is his name really Sam Hornblower? That's inf- that's incredible. That is fucking hilarious. I'm not really a low-brow humor guy, but I'm not highbrow either. And somebody named Hornblower? It's like Woodcock. You can't not laugh at them. Can't not find that funny. Sorry, Mr. Hornblower. Continue vaccine developed in record time owes a debt to these programs. <laughs> Jim N-word with the, with the idiot remark. More like Sam Cocksucker. Am I right? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> to learn more, we um. met the man who has been leading the rapid vaccine effort, retired Colonel so Matt dumb. Hepburn. An army infectious disease physician, he spent years with the Secretive Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA. Oh, oh God, I'm getting an erection. I am, because I just flash, I flash back to so many years, like listening to things and reading stuff. And, And now here we are on 60 Minutes, right? Here we are on 60 Minutes. We're about to give DARPA a fucking fluff piece. DARPA is going to DARPA is saving our lives. <laughs> the Defense Advanced Research Project is saving us all. <laughs> They're the real heroes. <laughs> I reckon people have watched enough uh, Marvel movies now. They'll believe that DARPA is like Shield, right? That Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg are walking around a floating fortress in the sky protecting us from evil these evil pandemics and these evil extremists you know what i mean 
there's a Natasha Romanov looking all sexy and shit like Scarlett Johansson in a, like a leather jumpsuit, just running around kicking people's asses everywhere all over the fucking show. <laughs> DARPA is going to save us all. They really are the best. I mean, where would we be without them? Thank you, DARPA, for saving my life. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this is about to happen. I haven't watched this clip yet, I swear to God. I just thought, well, we'll save it for the show. This is the problem. When I save it for the show, it takes far, far longer than it otherwise should. Working on technology, he hopes, will ensure COVID-19 is the last pandemic. Thank you, Hornblower. The story will continue in a moment. Did he say to ensure COVID-19 is the last pandemic? Oh, that's creepy. That's really creepy. You know why? Have you seen I Am Legend? At the start of I Am Legend, it just shows like TV footage of, I forget the actress's name, but I love her. She's amazing. She's so, she used to be on QI a lot. Oh God, she's so, she's, I, I can't, when I talk about her, I can't not sound British. Oh, she's absolutely wonderful, darling. <laughs> uh, but I forget her name. So at the start of I Am Legend, it's like t grainy TV footage of this woman who's involved in pharmaceuticals in some way, shape or form. And she's being interviewed and she says, well, no, we have, so you've, you've cured cancer. And it's like, yes, actually we have. We've, we just cured cancer. You know, like it's, we've ended pandemic, we've ended cancer forever. It's, it's creepy to me when somebody says, we're going to end, we're going to stop this for good. You know why? Because it never, ever, 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 ever happens. Would you say it's a, would you say it's the last, would you say it's a, a solution? <laughs> would you say it's the last solution we'll ever need to this problem? You see where I'm going with this? I know it's a cheap reference, but let's be fair here. You're 60 minutes. That's what you do. You do cheap references. So don't deny me the joy of doing one myself, please. That wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be just, you know, combat. So give me a break. Um... <laughs> They're going to save us all. Come on. Let's have a look. If we want to say we can never let this happen again, we're going to have to go even faster next time. I, can, I, I already can see what's going to happen here. The scary, the scary part about this clip, I think, and I swear to God, I haven't watched it. So this is a guess. This is a stab in the dark. It's a hunch. But my hunch is, with this clip, the thing that we find most scary won't be what the plan is. It won't be like what they're working on and what they hope to roll out. That's not going to be the scary part. The scary part, I suspect, is going to be the fact that it's being... It, it, like presented as the obvious good thing. That's the scary part, if that makes sense. That, that like it's a it's a positive thing, and I'll oh, thank you so much. And cuddles and sunshine and total demonization of anybody who might have had any issue with this kind. Like I mean, it literally is a secret government department that develops weapons, <laughs> uh, talking about how they're going to save you from. All pandemics, not not just COVID nineteen. 
They're going to save you from all pandemics. You know what? That's that's like that's very religiosity. That that's like saying this is the last prophet. That's like saying that this is the the true way of God. Uh, you know, it's it's oh, we this is the last piece of information you'll ever need. This is the thing we will protect you for eternity. There will never be another pandemic thanks to us. We have solved it. Uh, that's fucking. That should send chills down somebody's spine. Uh, you know, and if it doesn't, I mean, it clearly, for most people, it doesn't. That's the scary part. You know, I keep, re and I'm sorry, but I keep referencing the 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 Baltimore um, petition, the Baltimore census that was taken, the poll. Where you know they were asking people, do you want these military um, spy planes flying over your city twenty four hours a day, mapping everything, watching everybody? Right? Do you want that? And seventy five, seventy percent of people who responded said yes. And now, as of at least a couple of years ago, I can't see why it wouldn't still be happening. As of a couple of years ago, the same company that ran spy planes uh, over villages in Iraq during the Gulf War is now running the same planes over Baltimore, an American city. And, you know, 70% of people said, yeah, I want it. Thank you for keeping me safe. So there's, there's a reason why thank you for keeping me safe is like a bumper sticker catchphrase around here. It's not vanity. It's because it best describes 70% of people. It's, it's an accurate description of the majority of people around you. Oh, thank you for keeping me safe. Oh, thank you. You know, you know, what I love most about the corporate media and the authority is because they care so much about my safety. They never lie to me. They only ever tell me the truth. And the truth is, uh, secret defense departments which develop high-tech weapons are really on my side. They really are the heroes. They're protecting me from a virus. They said I'll never get sick again. Oh. Thank you for keeping me safe, secret government department. Thank you for keeping me safe, corporate media. Who's supposed to ask questions? Thank you. Right? That's that's why it's a bit on this show. Because 70% of people are that. It's a joke to us. <laughs> anyway, let's carry on. Eight years ago, Dr. Hepburn was recruited by DARPA. The DARPA director was very clear. Your mission is to take pandemics off the table. Sounds impossible. Of course. But we are the dreamers of dreams. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's fucking, it's every zombie movie, isn't it? It's every zombie movie. I was charged by my director to take deadly diseases off the table, pandemics off the table. You've cured death. Yes, I have. Every fucking zombie movie. Some miracle cure. <laughs> I mean, it's so rosy and nice. I mean, there's a reason that they're filming this spot in front of whatever setting they're in. Like, the brown, the wood, it's very cosy. It's like a country cottage style. Everything is thought of by these people. These people aren't dumb. There's a reason why so many people still get sucked in by this stuff. It's because it works. And I'm sorry to clap when I talk, but I really mean it. <laughs> it's because it works. 
they know what they're doing. The angles, the lighting, the background, the speech patterns, the cadence, the, the words that they decide to use, they know what they're doing. They're not idiots. They're very, very, very good. They're very talented at what they do. They're, they're, it's the dark side, the lure of the dark side, ladies and gentlemen. Some of them are in internal conflict, and they 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 feel we feel like there's still some good in them. You know, we could turn them back to the truth and the light, but they would end up having that hero moment where they, you know, in equivalent terms, perhaps they release some telegram conversation that they had from you know ten years ago. Where it was like, you know, actually, I am not a vegan, and I really like pork chops. <laughs> Next thing you don't have blowing up the Death Star. All right, let's carry on. Speaking of speaking of Death Star, uh, DARPA, ladies and gentlemen, and that was the uh, the the beauty of the beauty of it. the DARPA mm -hmm. model. Yeah. We challenge the research community to come up with solutions. They're like Google. Does anyone else find it fucking hilarious that this stiff nerd um, in a in a business suit? is talking about how cool DARPA is. Like, he's trying to Google DARPA. He's trying to make Gaga sound... Uh, Gaga, Gaga! Why not call it fucking Daga or whatever? Daga. <laughs> Dargle. <laughs> All right, so Dargle. I mean, he's trying to make it sound like Google because uh, that's the reputation, right? Young, hip, fresh. They get to play ping pong and shit. You know, all that dumb shit. We're just like that. <laughs> Come, work for Come work for S.H.I.E.L.D. The government loves you. We're protecting you from aliens. That may sound like science fiction. And we're Maybe, very yeah. willing to take chances with high-risk investments that may not work. Uh -huh. But if they do, we can completely transform the landscape. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. More than 60 years ago, DARPA was born. Ugh. After President Eisenhower was caught off guard when Russia launched the first satellite, Sputnik, into orbit. I ask you, sir, what are we going to do about it? The I mean, the era had its problems, but I, this is a little like Daily Boogie, you know, opening the kimono. I sw I've always thought this, ever, ever since I was, you know, maybe mid to late teens or something, that I was born in the wrong era. Are you one of these people? You feel like you were born in the wrong time. You know, I could have been, if fate, if, if fate had rolled the dice a certain way and a certain number had come up, I could have been born in like, say, 1939 or thereabouts. So be like a young man in the late 50s and the early 60s, where I could have like a blue collar job, support, a wife, three kids, a house, a car, um, you know, it would have been hot rods, um, hot dogs, baseball, um, rock and roll. You know what I mean? Maybe I should have been around that time. You know, like like you you take your you take your best girl to the dance. You know, <laughs> maybe that was more me than what we live in now. Where it's like, I don't know, if, if I refuse to have sex with somebody who's cut their dick off, does that make me a bigot? <laughs> That's what we do now. Whereas, you know, back then it's just like, yeah, see the cute blonde with the ponytails? I'm going to make her daddy ashamed of her by the end of the night. 
let's do that. That, that was, it was a simpler time, you know. So maybe a bit of take me back, I guess. Maybe a bit of take me back. Mold. Is that, maybe that's is that's what that's when you know you're really old. By the way, because I had a birthday not long ago. I don't care about birthdays. I don't do parties. My favorite birthday is when I can just be left alone to cook dinner. You know, for me and my wife, and I can just pat my dog. You know, like I'm that much of a simple person. Don't want the fucking big parties and shit. Hate it. But um, you know, maybe that's when you know you're getting old. Is when you look back. And you're like, oh, I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back. When that starts happening, then you know you're an old cunt. If you don't do that, you can be 70 years old and not be old, you know? But I, let's be fair here. I was, if that's the classification, I was an old man before I turned 30. <laughs> I swear to God. Before I was 30, I was already like, oh, God, I don't like where this is headed. <laughs> you know? So I was always, my wife, my wife's nickname for me is not like fucking big dick or anything. It's not big dick or hot love or fucking, you know, whatever it is. Coochie coo. My wife's nickname for me is grandpa. <laughs> I swear to God. Fucking grandpa. <laughs> so there you go. There's a little daily boogie uh, real life for you. Defense Department agency was well, given a single purpose: prevent surprises like that from ever happening again. Yes, please. So Prevent Dr. It. Hepburn finds academics, companies, inventors working in garages, and pushes them to deliver. What we don't do, we don't say, "Okay, here's our problem. Here's your blank check. Come back to us in three to five years. We'll see how you do." You're on them. Active program management is what we call it. <laughs> okay. Fuck, man. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> oh, my God. What are we doing here? What are we fucking doing here? They haven't even started yet. If you thought, if you thought it was going to ramp up, if you thought you are now, like, this is why I keep, I, I keep clapping when I'm talking. I've got to stop doing that. Wow. So frustrating sometimes. This is why we keep saying there is no peak insanity. There is none. It doesn't happen. There's no such thing. I thought there was peak insanity. I stopped believing in peak insanity like three, four years ago, man. The insanity just continues until it all crashes in on itself. That's the reality. There's no point where everyone turns around and goes, oh, that's enough. It just keeps going. It's nine in the city.
okay, here's our problem, here's your blank check, come back to us in three to five years, we'll see how you do. You're nice. on them. Active program management is what we call it. <laughs> Active program fucking management. <laughs> Active program management. Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> we don't call it surveillance, we call it protective orders. We don't call it maintenance. We call it preventative measures. We don't call it civilian casualties. We call it collateral damage. <laughs> we don't call it death. We call it life-ending event. We don't call it restrictive uh, abuses upon personal liberties. We call it protecting people against themselves. Keeping the community safe. Got to keep... Think about those community rights, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, who gives a fuck about individual rights? Individual rights must take a backseat to the collective. Da-da-da-da. Dr. Hepburn showed us a few current projects. Let's have a look Some at the projects. Some sound like they're from an episode of Star Trek. Oh, this, is, this ought to be good. Think about what an organization like DARPA, think about how much money they get and stuff. Think about what would they allow to be shown on 60 Minutes, do you think? I mean, can we apply a little bit of logic to this? Can we apply just a little bit of logic to this? What projects let's let's give let's give ourselves like say three classifications of the value of this project, okay? Let me explain. So press one in the chat if what you think you're about to see is like DARPA super secret, highly confidential, cutting edge what they're working on. Press two in the chat if you think it's something that's been around for a while. Um, but most people don't know about. Press th three in the chat if you think DARPA is allowing the product to, that they're showing on 60 Minutes to be something that is complete and utter trash and not even close to what they can actually do. What do you think? One, two, three. On a level of secrecy, one, two, three. See what you think. Seeing twos, I'm seeing twos. I'm disappointed in you. It's my opinion. I'm seeing some threes. It's my opinion is a three because I think the only thing that they're going to flash around on camera that everybody's watching, the only thing that they're going to be willing to do about that is something that everybody already knows. It's obsolete trash. Right? It's no secret. By definition, the fact that they're showing it on 60 Minutes would mean that it's not a secret in any way, shape, or form. And even the things that people suspect are true still aren't confirmed. That's why they're in the two column. If they were confirmed, then it would be in the three column. Right? So this is a conspiracy theory where we're showing you technology which is apparently super secret and cutting edge. Right? But, the, the, I mean, the people... Who talked about the people who talked about this have been accused of being a conspiracy theorist. We just read the article after we Googled conspiracy microchip COVID. Put that into the chat, put that into Google, you will get page after page after page after page after page 
of saying that what we are seeing here is a conspiracy theory. It's not real. This isn't real. It can't be real. Why would DARPA lie to me, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for keeping me safe, DARPA. Thank you for keeping me safe, Pentagon. Where would we be without you? And this is the trend that always happens, right? This is the same thing that occurred on this show when we talked about, look, what they're going to do after this COVID, when COVID really starts, what they're, they're going to come after your businesses. They're going to come after people who serve food and shit. They're going to come after you and say, it's unsafe. This, this shit can spread. And it doesn't matter if you think it's not the flu. It doesn't matter if you think it's the flu. What makes it real is people's reaction to it. They will make it real. Remember? I said they're going to shut down supermarkets and shit. They're going to close, you know, businesses down. The whole city will be like, oh, no, you're crazy, fucking blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, we're in it, right? I mean, this on the other hand, though, this is some next level fucking stuff, what we're about to see here, I suspect. Look at what he's jiggling around in his hand. This is the thing that you've been told. This is a conspiracy. This is not real. It's not real. Trust the science. What you are about to see is not real. It's also on 60 Minutes, which is real. <laughs> that, I, like, this, this is what I mean. They hate you. They hate you. They want to drive you insane. This is gaslighting to turn you into, uh, you know, the intellectual equivalent of a crippled post-rape victim crying on the floor with bodily fluids leaking out over their legs. You know, in a crumpled mess. This is what they want for you. Intellectually. At the start of the show, hey, people who don't take the vaccine need to be punished. One week later. Ah, uh, look, if you're a doctor and you're administering the vaccine, don't worry. The government will protect you from getting sued. From getting sued for what happens when you, when you administer it. And now here we are. Second half of the show. Fuck me dead. The Pentagon is keeping us safe. Look at all of this wonderful thing. Look at all of these wonderful life-saving things. I mean, it's really like Google. It's a cool place to work, really, if you want the truth. And uh, we are protecting humanity. We're doing our absolute best for people. I mean, it's fucking bizarre. You are being fucked. You are being fucked in every hole, angrily, intellectually, by the corporate press right now. They don't even, they don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. Consider a ship like the USS Theodore Roosevelt I love hobbled last year when 1,271 crew members tested positive for the coronavirus. What if everyone on board had their health monitored with this subdermal implant, now in late-stage testing? It's not some dreaded government microchip to track your every move, but a tissue-like gel engineered to continuously test your blood. <laughs> wow, that sounds so much better. <laughs> that sounds so much better. Wow. Here I was. Here I was, this idiot that I am. Here I was thinking that you had like some simple plan to track my movements. No, instead, you're going to read my blood continuously 24 hours a day. Oh, that's much better. 
So you can see what's in my blood at any time of the day, whenever you want. You can just like log in and get a, you know, connects and you can get my readout like an IP address. Isn't that interesting? So we're talking about genetic codes, aren't we? Thank you for coming. I see you there. There's an amazing amount of shit you can learn from people by uh, taking a blood sample. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of that? Are you aware of just how much information you can get about a person by taking a blood sample? I, I remember, like, it wasn't even that long ago that I was in high school. I remember uh, you know, a history, I was a big history, history was one of my best topics, right? So we were, I, I didn't like modern history though. I like medieval history, which is much more fun. Swords and fucking bows and arrows and sieges and the Black Death. And so that's the good shit in history. Everything else is kind of boring compared to that. Kings and lords and knights and, and holy wars. That's the fucking stuff right there. If you're, a, if, you're a, if you're a young history student, focus on medieval history. That's the fun stuff. Trust me. So, you know... I remember, I remember hearing about, in, it was in history class, and then I approached my science teacher with it, who I got on quite well with, and I said, listen, is there any truth to this? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, we should probably teach it here. During World War II, the, the reason that there were so few black pilots in World War II was because at the time, um, well, there's no real, this, this is genetics, this is just reality. Uh, black people's red blood cells uh, have a different shape. So when they got up high in the airplane, the blood cells, because it's more of an oval shape, would fold over. And this would clot in veins and stuff. And it would stop, you know, oxygen getting to the brain. So uh, they would pass out when they got to a certain altitude, which wasn't the case for uh, the European pilots, right? It's just the way it was. So, and, and that's why they ended up like having like oxygen masks and shit because of that. So, uh, you know, it's just like we can't run as fast. <laughs> we can't jump as high. We're not as good at basketball, but we can fucking swim better, you know, like because muscle density and bone density are different, yada, yada. And it's not good or bad. It just is. It's like there's nothing I can... Me thinking that it's bad isn't going to wish it away. So people who think like that, I always think are very immature you know, childish people. I feel sorry for them, to be honest, because it must be the world to, to to walk amongst everybody else in the world must be a soul-crushing experience for them, a depressing experience where everything's some kind of oppression. And I just, I couldn't imagine getting on a day-to-day -day with that outlook. God, it would drive me nuts. I'm depressed enough as it is when my football team doesn't win. <laughs> right, right. You've got to enjoy the simple things in life. All right, so where were we? Oh, yes, the conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. It's a sensor. This tiny green thing in there. That tiny green thing in there. You put it underneath your skin. And what that tells you is that there are chemical reactions going on inside the body. And that signal means you're going to have symptoms tomorrow. <laughs> what was this guy's name again? Johnny Hardcock or something? Johnny Woodcock, what was his name again? Blow something? Blow me? I don't know. Sam, Sam, suck my dick? <laughs> Whatever his name was. Look at the look on his face. <laughs> oh, really? So, so the microchip will alert, you know, the various authorities. The microchip will alert that, you know, the, 
the health department or some kind of authority, I assume, uh, when the chemical makeup of my blood changes. Like I said, you can find out so much about a person by taking a blood test. You can see, obviously, you can see what drugs they're on, if they're drinking or not. But you can also tell other things like, you know, like how old they are, right? Um, perhaps, you know, of what genetic makeup they are, right? Because you can take, start taking DNA samples and shit. I mean, you know, <laughs> you can find out a lot about a person. You can probably find out how tall they are, what color their eyes are, what color their hair is, what color their skin is, and whether or not they have a good chance of fathering children. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you can tell if they've got too much salt in their diet. You can tell if they're kidneys are failing you can tell if they drink too much you can tell if they're pregnant right there's a lot you can tell from uh blood tests ladies and gentlemen and this so we're we're, we're applauded this is thank you for keeping me safe but thank you for keeping me safe darpa uh darpa wants to implant this sensor under your skin which will just give 24 hour surveillance of your blood literally the thing that literally the shit that pumps through your heart how about that for poetic, huh? My blood, my soul, huh? Wow. There's an wow. actual transmitter. <laughs> How much does this fucking reporter get paid, ladies and gentlemen? How much do you get paid, Johnny Hardcock, whatever his name is? On inside the body, yep. and that signal means you're going to have symptoms tomorrow. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Look, I know, I know I can rattle on. I know I can rattle on for a few minutes here and there. Do you think I could have asked a better question? I mean, he didn't even ask a question. After <laughs> after getting after getting that that fucking you know thought bubble, that talking point, the guy doesn't even ask any of the questions that we touched on just a minute ago. He's like, just wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe, corporate media. You know they're here to report the truth and protect us, don't you? They really are good at what they do. There's an actual transmitter in that. Yeah, it's like a check oh. engine light. Check this sailor out before he infects other people. That I told you the scariest part wasn't what they're doing. That the scariest part was the casual nature with which they approach it. That's the scary part. Hey, by the way, I've got news for you. Uh, if you're in California and you're an activist who thinks it's wrong to discriminate against people with HIV, welcome to the fight. Welcome to the conversation. You just figured it out. You just figured it out. You just figured out that it might not be a good idea to put all your faith into a, uh, you know, a government department that wants to monitor your blood 24-7 remotely. You, you've just figured it out. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, far-left fucking activists of California. Huh? Huh? You on board with this? Oh, you, oh, you want the government monitoring your blood 24-7, do you? 
Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to explain to your friends why you think that's a good idea because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that they they wanted to make it so that uh, HIV people, uh, you know, uh, patients, people with HIV, could still donate blood and make it illegal to, um, you know, ban them from doing so because that wouldn't be equality, would it? We're not going to disease shame here on this show. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the fight. That's right. Sailors would get the signal, then self-administer a blood draw and test themselves on site. Look at that. We can have that information in Look at three that. or five minutes. Look at that. It's a, it's a screen with things moving. Look at that. Isn't it amazing? Look at that. He See, look how bad. Look at that. Look how bad journalism is. He, he's not even saying... This is what it does. This is how it works. No, 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 no. He doesn't do it. He's like, wow, look at that. This is idiocracy. We are in idiocracy already. People wish on the Joker scenario. We're already in the post, you know, at the end of the Joker when the fucking society is crumbled and police cars are getting set on fire. We're already there. Like people are like, oh, wait, the Joker thing is going to happen. It's already happened. I don't know who the person who died that set it off was, but it's already happening. Look around you. There was more riots over the weekend. The National Guard was sent in, and I was like, oh, I thought only fascists do that. I thought only the fascists send the National Guard in. Oh. I'm glad I'm glad I'm not a fascist. I'm glad I'm anti-fascist enough to support the National Guard getting sent in. <laughs> this is how fucking dumb. This is how dumb your fellow, you know, countrymen and western members of western civilization are this is how awful they are thank god they sent in the national guard i wouldn't want the fascists to win what? <laughs> oh okay all right where are we <laughs> as you truncate that time as you diagnose me in the chat well ain't that something massa treat what you do is you stop the infection in its tracks yeah the coronavirus has infected more than 250,000 defense department personnel and their dependents around the world. With the death toll rising, the Pentagon has been jump-starting programs that might save lives. He's, oh, yes, please, yes, please, come on. Tell me about the life-saving, tell me about the life-saving technology coming from the secret defense organization. Tell me about, tell me about the, I can't believe I have to say this. Tell me about the life-saving technology Coming from the secret defense department that develops secret super weapons. <laughs> the, one, the one that says there's not going to be another pandemic ever as long as we're around. Oh. oh, boy. Show me, show me some of these amazing secrets. <laughs> this is a filter that you can put on a dialysis machine. Ah, good. Yeah. Patient 16, a military spouse, was in the IC. All this, all these millions and billions of dollars, and they came up with a fucking filter. You, you give me fifteen bucks, I'll go down the auto shop. I'll get you a fucking air filter, like in twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. I even know where they are. This is what they took from us. EU near death with organ failure and septic shock. When she was entered into a Defense Department... Now, septic shock is a good name for a band. ...COVID-19 study. 
Her family allowed us to witness because you would be the SS for short to your fans. Septic shock, the SS. Do you like SS? I love SS, bro. SS are based. <laughs> the experimental four-day treatment. She's liberated from vasoactive medications and her septic shock resolved. We also see improvements in her markers of inflammation and those are all positive prognostic signs. You pass someone's blood through this. You pass it through. Takes the virus yeah. out. Takes the virus out and puts the blood back in. Wow, is he being led on every single fucking line or just half of them? <laughs> is, this, is, is this guy being led around by the fucking dick or what? Listen to this. Dick shock. When she was entered into a Defense Department COVID-19 study, her family allowed us to witness the experimental four-day treatment. She was entered into, um, because of that use of words, when he says she was entered into, that means that she didn't decide, by the way. Just Otherwise, you would say she entered into, right? If she, if she chose to do it, this, this is why I'm telling you, these people are very fucking good at what they do. They really are. There's a, there's a reason why they're there, and, and because they can also do it and, um, you know, I, you know, whether it's self-delusion or they're just openly like sinister, they can, they can do this kind of manipulation in the media and be okay with it. You know, they, they can be fine with it. It doesn't bother them that they're doing it to people. I, 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 I would struggle. I really would. Unless there was a lot of money involved. They look even, to, even then to be fair, I think I would go, like, I can't do this to people. But the, the omission of that word, in particular, well, the, pardon me, the addition of that word. As you diagnose and treat, what you do is you stop the infection in its tracks. The coronavirus has infected more than 250,000 Defense Department personnel and their dependents around the world. With the death toll rising, the Pentagon has been jump-starting programs jump -starting. that might save lives. save lives. This is a filter that you can put on a dialysis machine. Yeah. Patient 16, a military spouse, Patient was in 16. the... Patient 16. <laughs> ...ICU, near death, with organ failure and septic shock when she was entered into a Defense Department COVID-19 study. When she was entered into a Defense Department COVID-19 study. If she entered into it, she he would say she, when she entered into a COVID-19 Defence Department study, but she didn't enter into it. Somebody entered into it on her behalf. So she was entered into it. <laughs> her family allowed us to witness the experimental four-day treatment. She's liberated from vasoactive medications and her septic shock resolved. We all... If... if you know, if I ever get to the point where I have kids or something one day or uh, any, like, extended, extended family, uh, if any of them, while I was on my deathbed, invited TV cameras in to film it, I would, I would fight through the urge. I would fight through the, the preference to die and leave this planet. I would fight through that just to survive so I could fucking write them out of the will. Just to disown them. 
Oh, Grandpa, you made it out of the coma. We're so happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let the cameras in, right? Yes, I did. You're out of the fucking world. Kick him out. I never want to see this little cunt again. Fuck him. And I'm gonna even I'm gonna write in the will that nobody, if anybody tries to give him money, then their share of the will will also be removed. Fuck it. And and it'll be sent to Alex Jones. <laughs> Just to really shit him up. Because they'll be liberal cunts by then. Obviously. Also see improvements in her markers of inflammation, and those are all positive prognostic signs. You pass someone's blood through this. You pass it through. Takes the virus out. Takes the virus out and puts the blood back in. Yeah. Within days, patient 16 made a full recovery. Fantastic. The FDA has authorized the filter for emergency use. <laughs> Wi-Fi ghost cruiser. I'll beat for patient 69. So far, doctors have used it to treat nearly 300 critically ill patients. Good. These are all of the COVID-19 autopsy samples that we've yep, received yep. since the pandemic began. Nothing, nothing, nothing puts me more at ease than seeing a person in a dress um, military outfit uh, guiding me around an office saying, here's the record we keep of everybody. Oh, oh thank you. This is really putting my mind at ease. DARPA isn't the only Pentagon agency on the front lines. Wow. Colonel Joel Moncur directs the Joint Pathology Institute in D.C. He leads an elite group of medical detectives who study tissue samples from soldiers and sailors infected with pathogens all over the world. They know everything about you. Everything. Everything there is to know, they know. Like this damaged lung of a recent COVID-19 victim. This is something we call diffuse alveolar damage, and it really interferes with the ability for them to get enough oxygen in their lungs. The Institute's century-old repository, the world's largest, houses tens of millions of tissue blocks preserved in wax, thin-sliced for close observation on glass slides. <laughs> People aren't going to like this, what I'm about to say, but I can't, I'm, unfortunately, I can't change history. And you know I like America, you know I like Americans, right? So, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. Uh, this whole system of cataloging and stuff came directly from the scientists uh, who were working from the Nazi party. Yes. You see, because when um, Nazi-led Germany fell at the end of the war, when... You know, like after the troops have gone through and they've cleared the ground and stuff, then the experts, like then the forensic researchers and stuff start coming in and analyzing everything. Like, what were they really doing here? Um, what they discovered was the reason that it was so easy to convict uh, various, you know, Nazi party figures and, and German armed service figures and stuff. The reason it was so easy to convict them was because they had so much evidence because uh, Germans, and this is, I, I grew up with fucking German parents, so I know this is true. I know it in, in my heart to be true because I lived it. Uh, they expect everything to be perfect and accounted for. So like the, every single failed experiment they had a record of every single experiment they had a record of every, like they would take, they were, they were relentless in their pursuit of collecting data on people. 
And when the American, this, I swear to God, this is true. When the Americans came through and they saw like the labs and what the Germans were capable, like actually capable of, because, but German, the Germans are basically a race of highly autistic people who don't understand social cues. Okay. You know, so like, you know, it's not, I, this is, I think I've told this story before. I remember when I was a kid, like, you know, pretty young, I don't know, like 11 or 12 or something. I had a long walk home from school not 50 miles down a dirt road or anything, but pretty long. And so I walked home from school and I said, look, look, I got like uh, 99 out of 100 on this test. And the first question I got back from my German mother was, why did you not get 100? <laughs> what did you get wrong? Mm-hmm. And, and, and <laughs> you know, and, the, and this question you got wrong, what was it? <laughs> you know? It's just the way they are. It's just it's it's built into their DNA, you know. And I think it's I think it's nice and it's fun in its own way. But then I kind of grew up to get used to it. People who aren't used to it find it very annoying, and they think they're arrogant and autistic, and I'll just say things that are these these hurtful truths, you know. But it just makes me laugh. But anyway, long story short, this is where the idea of this kind of cataloging of information came from was the Nazis after they uh, after the Allies swept through Germany and then, you know, other occupied territories and saw all the results of their testing. Okay, now let's get to this. I know, I, know, I, I want to finish up here very soon, but it says in the description of the video that there's um, something else here that we should probably look at. So I, I don't know where it is, though. That's why I probably should have pre-watched it anyway. Like I said before, if you want to check out some of our friends, uh, everybody's favorite lover of French women is on right now. So you can come back to this later and watch the replay or listen to the podcast if you like. We might just go a little bit further just to watch the end of this clip and then I'll call it a night. So we'll see what we're doing. But yeah, uh, D-Live, uh, not, not D-Live, Trovo, uh, Nightwave Radio. Just go to just go to YouTube and put in Nightwave Radio if you want to check out Mer. She's probably on now. So, and Irrational Times, Coffee Talk Sandra, etc. His researcher at Vanderbilt joined the team. He went looking for survivors of the 1918 flu, hunting for live human antibodies, hunting. the proteins manufactured by our bodies to fight disease. And lo and behold, if we took blood cells out of these uh, uh, nearly 100-year-old people, they still had immune cells that were circulating in their body that had reacted to 1918 influenza. Uh, that was one of those moments for me when I just said, wow, that, that's very powerful and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. DARPA executive, why did you, why did you decide to become a hero? <laughs> why did you, why did you decide to become one of the saviors of humanity? Why, what was there a moment where it just ticked for you? Where everything just came together and you thought, you know what? I need to be the guy who saves everyone from themselves. I, I can do that. Was there a moment in your... Is there an inspirational story that you can relay that would um, put my viewers' minds at ease and prove to them once and for all that you are indeed the new Captain America and you just want to keep everybody safe? <laughs> and look at that look. He believes it. Look at this. He believes it. Johnny Hardcock or whatever his name is. That's it. That's it. That's the face of a man who believes what he's hearing. Jeez. 
He's about to cry. He's got tears in his eyes. He's so inspired by this performance. If we're handing out Emmys for political figures, I mean, need we look further than this chap here? (laughs) I mean, come on. He's also white, which is a bonus. God, he looks like a nerd, doesn't he? He looks like a nerd, but I mean, look at the haircut. Ladies and gentlemen, please, need I go on? But the way he's crossing his legs, he looks like a complete nerd, but he's also, he also, he looks like the nerd. Remember that guy, uh, the Fed in Prison Break, who was kind of like a polite nerd and was a bit socially awkward, but was also a fucking savage who would just kill everybody who got in his way. Total, uh, like a, a, you know, a dark side autist, a sociopath, right? Highly observant, highly aware, and we, he would just put on an act. Hi, my name is my name is John John. I'm such I'm such a fan of yours. It's so great to meet you. And then when nobody was around, I was like, I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. Right? No, not Dexter. Dexter was more artistic. I'm talking about the agent in Prison Break who was chasing them down, and he ended up getting killed for it because he had this big turn. Prison Break was a good show for like three or four years. The, the last couple were. Mm. We really should just sign shows up to be like uh, three or four years um, from the beginning of their contract and say, we will give you four years and that's it. So fit everything into your four-year contract and then that's the end of the show. And then if that's a good show, we'll give you a chance on another project. This this fucking fascination we have of just continuing a show until it dies until it falls apart that has to stop because it ruins shows every show gets ruined circulating in their body that had reacted to 1918 influenza Uh, that was one of those moments for me when i just said wow wow that's very powerful Powerful. and interesting interesting so you find the antibodies in survivors who are almost 100 years old or more Uh then what Well, once we have the genetic sequence, which is the DNA sequence, it's a string of letters that encodes the antibody. Essentially, we have the recipe to make it again. Mm, Good, good. now we have a drug substance that we can use to prevent or treat that infection. Yeah. Dr. Crow and CDC science. Everybody's talking. Everybody is talking in a particular tempo, in a particular rhythm in order to put your mind at ease. This is something Barack Obama was very good at. If you think the way Barack Obama spoke in all of those speeches was natural, then you're a moron. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm speaking in my natural voice right now because, like, my natural voice might be a lot more slurred and sleepy and slow, like, late at night on a Saturday night, for example. But right now, this is my natural voice. But if you believe they're talking like this, with specific pauses, hitting on points, and bringing together a uh, deeper understanding is anything other than well-trained showmanship, then I'm afraid you're part of the problem, right? And, and see how everybody in this clip speaks with the exact same cadence in the exact same fashion, putting your mind at ease. Because as you know, when we break on certain words, we sound authoritative. When we know how to articulate ourselves, with various kinds of emphasis on different points that we make. We become gods among men. We really do. Scientists infected lab animals with the deadly 1918 virus and cured them. And what happened? 
Well, the antibody, like a heat-seeking missile, floats around in the animal, finds the virus, latches onto the virus. Exactly, Cabaret. That's how you know they're smart. <laughs> and inactivates, stops in its tracks. For us, after we had done that, we realized, wow, your body is a library of everything you've ever seen. Then we started thinking as... Your body is a library for everything you've ever seen. Also, also why it's a good idea to be tracking everybody's blood 24 hours a day. Oh no, I'm off YouTube apparently. YouTube nixed me. Look at that. Look, look at YouTube go. Oh no. If you were listening on YouTube, let me put in the chat. There you go. I don't know. Am I still on? <laughs> now I need to see if we're still going or not. F. People are saying F in the chat. Wow. Okay. Anti-vaxxers and cons... Saying I'm live. Saying I'm live. F in the chat. What are we effing in the chat for? It looks like I'm still going. F for YouTube. The YouTube feeds up. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Refresh. Okay, refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> DLive? No. DLive's up. YouTube's up. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Let's give it a second. Let people come back. Coming back, yes, coming back. All right, we're good. People like I'm still watching you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I guess now. Oh no, now my Achilles heel is a bit. Now, see, the problem is, next time other people say f in the chat, I'm not going to believe that the stream is down. You know, so that's permanently ruined me now. That because people like F F F, I'm like, what? Did is the stream down? And so now I've spent the last five minutes looking at the different streams. No, it's still working, still working, still working. Uh, <laughs> less vibe. <laughs> All right, let's see where we were because I've still got to get to this fucking microchip. As medical researchers, I'm sorry. 
we could this conspiracy theory which we're about to celebrate on 60 fucking minutes on 60 minutes on 60 minutes find the cure to virtually anything that had ever occurred Gary <laughs> monkey in the chat the chat who cried DARPA <laughs> on the planet in 2017 Dr. Crow entered a DARPA grant yeah, skills skills in the chat you're just reporting on a 60 minute story if they remove you they have to remove the 60 minutes clip or sue them I, I don't know I don't know you don't know me very well perhaps I don't have like you know take YouTube to court money <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. There's, there's. I can't get a lawyer involved. I, I don't have YouTube. Take YouTube to court money. Uh, I'm not even making money on YouTube. So, you know, because <laughs> because nobody watches on. Uh, apologies to the people who are actually watching in YouTube. But aside from you, nobody watches in YouTube. So, you know. <laughs> I was thinking maybe algorithm because I had it full screened. That's what I was thinking because it might have because it was full screened and I didn't realize. Normally I put something on the full screen for like a short amount of time. Um, but I accidentally left it up there for maybe a couple of minutes and I was playing the clip talking about it. So maybe they're like, oh, he's, you know, replaying something. But anyway, we're back now. So we're good to go. Let's fucking roll. To produce antibody antidotes fast enough to stop a pandemic. Yes. Dr. Matt Hepburn described the program at a TED Talk last year. 20,000 doses in 60 days. Basically, we're talking about engineering antibodies that are so effective that you get near immediate protection once they're administered. Protection. And you interrupt transmission in those communities. But you're going to have to wear the mask for another year or two. Listen to me right now. We can give you instant protection from this day forward. All you have to do is get the vaccine. But, by the way, still can't go to a restaurant. You know, by the way, we still think that you should wear a mask everywhere you go and maintain social distance. Right, so you, are you saying that I should just keep doing the same things that I'm doing now without the vaccine if I get the vaccine? Yes, that's what we're saying. Oh, no. So why would I get the vaccine then? If I just have to keep doing the same thing, why would I get the vaccine in the first place? Oh, what are you, some kind of science denier? What are you, what are you some kind of racist? Do you, do, you, do you enjoy putting people at risk? How about this? What if we, what if we ban you from doing things unless you get the vaccine? Will you take it then? Well, I didn't, I, I, why did you have to, why did you have to go so aggressive so soon, man? I didn't, I didn't mean anything by it. Well, you should think about things before you say that. You should. Are you saying you don't want the vaccine? Or, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm curious. I think we need to talk about it a little bit. Well, listen to you, chat. If you don't get the vaccine, we're going to ban you from traveling, going to work and going to the supermarket. What do you think about that? Isn't that a little extreme? It better be. This is a pandemic. Fuck you. <laughs> Carry on. If you can interrupt it, then potentially you can head off the pandemic. When we first saw the grant call that was inviting people to respond, we thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> we were getting antibodies and...
we thought it was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. <laughs> thought it was ridiculous. Ridiculous! Oh, is that crazy? Oh, my God! <laughs> I can't even, I can't even believe it! How could they even ask us to do this crazy thing? Wow, bro! Wow, fuck yeah, bro! It was a silly goof. <laughs> six to 24 months, which we thought was pretty spectacular. Spectacular. And they put the call out for spectacular. 60 days. And we just said, that can't be done. For us at DARPA, if the experts are laughing at you and saying it's impossible, you're in the right space. <laughs> wow. Wow, it seems like DARPA just validated every conspiracy theory. <laughs> Thank you, DARPA. We are all DARPA now. You know, if the experts are telling you that what your ideas are are ridiculous, then you're winning. Oh, thank you, DARPA. DARPA's on our side now. Wow, DARPA, DARPA, is, the, DARPA is the ultimate fucking conspiracy theory here. <laughs> you know, if you disagree with the experts, that means that you're a winner. Thank you, DARPA. <laughs> Daddy DARPA. Daddy DARPA day. <laughs> See what I mean? You're, you're getting mind raped by these fucking people. Wait, is it good? Is it good to not trust the experts or is it bad? It's good because DARPA wants you to. Wait, should I trust DARPA? Shut up, bigot. <laughs> How you end up at the end of this minefield with your sanity intact, I've got no idea. But that's the challenge that lays ahead. So are you actually sitting there 60 days? You sit at stopwatch? Yes. We say, here's your money, but then here's the stopwatch. We're okay. going to do a capability demonstration. Oh, lovely. Yes. Um, jargon words. But what it means is stopwatch and show us how fast you can go. Don't be fooled by he's, that smart. He, this guy is just really excited to be working at DARPA, isn't he? he not this guy. Sort of stopwatch. This guy. <laughs> he's just really happy to be working at DARPA. <laughs> He's just super excited to be there and he can't wait to get back. Yes. We say, here's your money, but then here's the stopwatch. We're going to do a capability demonstration. Um, jargon words. Uh -huh. but what it means is stopwatch and show us how fast you can go. Don't be fooled by that smile. No, Dr. Hepburn is a hard taskmaster. Yes. Stopwatch in hand, yes. he set up a simulated Zika virus outbreak. Oh, good. He gave Dr. Crow $28 million and yes. his first challenge. Wow. Test every cell in a vial of survivor's blood and find a cure. Okay. They did. Okay, that's fantastic. But let's get to the part which is highlighted in the story here, in the name of the story. Let's go. Let's see what we get here. And so a lot of scientists are trying to figure out, can this be done faster? Dr. Crow has successfully tested a faster way, RNA, the genetic tool DARPA helped pioneer that was used to make the coronavirus vaccine in record time. Okay. In the next outbreak, RNA would allow factories like this to churn out millions of doses a day. So the genetic thing and... This is also, by the way, this is also the organization that wants to, uh, what's the word? 
Pentagon scientists reveal a microchip that senses COVID-19 in your body. They want to implant a little microchip in your body that reads your blood blood samples 24 hours a day. This is also the same fucking organization, is it? This, this this replay will definitely be nixed off YouTube because ABC and CBS are very... Uh, they don't expect most people to... Like, I I think this clearly falls in uh, fair use guidelines, obviously. Um, but th th uh, it, it'll just get banned off YouTube and then I, I won't be bothered, you know, fighting it. It's just no point. It's no point. So, you know, this won't be on YouTube because you know abc and cbs and and you know organizations like it really don't like it when you watch a video that they upload to the internet themselves like here look at this video they really don't like it when you um you know do what i'm doing to it they just don't, they don't like it. so they you know it's next it's taken off and they know that probably most people don't even bother you know fighting it and just go oh, whatever because you know at any time your channel can be taken anyway so why care why bother? Really, it really is a waste of time. But anyway, um, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Has successfully tested a faster way. RNA. The gen Let's go to the end here. The core of our vaccine. We engineer the spike so that we can attach it to this protein. If his concept, now in clinical trials, proves successful, Dr. Majarid says in five years, a single vaccine could defeat all coronaviruses. That means many common colds, the deadly strain causing this pandemic, and thousands of others. The cure to end all cures, ladies and gentlemen. How do you like that? Hey, trust the scientists. Trust the experts. Trust the science. I trust the science. Thank you for keeping me safe. With that, ladies and gentlemen, going to leave it there for tonight. Thank you for joining us. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I'll be back on Wednesday night with another episode, 8 p.m. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who contributed on DLive tonight. Uh, don't forget to follow some of our friends. Everyone's favorite lover of French women, Merch, will probably be on now. Uh, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk, Sandra, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom. Winning TV tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. Winning TV at about 7 p.m. The new time of 7 p.m. for Winning TV. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uh, at Real Person PLTCS also does some stuff. JJ Stoner in the mornings. Daywave, Royce Lopez. Timothy at TROC, guys. Uh, ROTC, guys. Frozen Asian, Sunday night shit show. You can still catch the replay, I think. Very funny show last night from Frozen Asian and the boys. And the boys, boys, boys. So, until Wednesday night, thank you, everyone. Stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.